I'm Holly Constant. And I'm Maddie Hockaday. We really love Parks and Rec, and we really love behind-the-scenes details. So we're researching everything from DVD extras like deleted scenes and commentaries. Plus, interviewing cast and crew who actually worked on the show. We also bring on guests and friends to geek out about everything Parks. So join us, you tropical fish. This is literally the best Parks and Rec rewatch podcast. We're your park pals. There's a park and some pals, and there's also therapy, too. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, just FYI, um, I have Phoebe and RJ in here today because um, they just looked so comfortable, and I didn't want to kick them out. But also, uh, I like I talked... A lot, like I, I read out loud because I wanted to, like, you know, practice if Phoebe, because every time Phoebe hears me speak out loud, she's like fine when I'm silent and then I speak out loud and she's like, I want to talk too, but she didn't, so I was like, let's just test this. But if you let's hear her, try it. that is what's happening. So okay, beautiful. Anyway, sure they're glad that they're in with mom. <laughs> yeah, little babies. Um, okay, so I have a bit of a recap. So we're on the bubble, but I have quite a bit of recap from Road Trip. Um, so John Sloman. Okay, welcome to Park Mal. Sorry, I didn't well, do that. Yes, here welcome. we are. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome. Uh, okay. Uh, we just have a, so much to cover, I feel, actually, in this, um, in this one, because I... There's just a lot going on, so I want to get right into it. Um, but, okay, the recap. So, John Sloman, who was the committee guy who brought up the raccoons, did send in his voice memos, but they were after we already recorded. So, I kind of just stuck them in there. <laughs> um, and so, if it was choppy or if it felt weird after that we didn't, like, comment on him or anything like that, that's why. But I just wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that they got into that episode because that's what we were talking about. Um, but first of all, I just wanted to thank him. But secondly, I wanted to say how awesome they were. Like, when uh, they talked about Adam Scott, or he talked about Adam Scott's head being really big, like, physically, <laughs> not ego-wise. <laughs> and I Aww. was like, I'm glad he clarified. Really you said what? I'm glad he clarified. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, um, it, it was just funny to me because I've said that before, too, like, with TV, um, actors and film and everything. I don't know if it's because they're on our screen as so small or whatever, but I remember when I saw Jimmy Fallon live in L.A. when he did his L.A. Mm. show um, for The Tonight Show, um, his whole body looked so large, including his head. And I was just like, this is so wild because you look so much bigger. But obviously, I guess it was just it's just shocking to see somebody in real life versus on the tiny screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so, probably. Yeah, but that's probably what it was. Um, plus, he also said he had the joy of um, getting to improvise with Amy Poehler, which was nice. Also, he said, um, I haven't watched it. Everyone's raving about it. But the show The Last of Us is on HBO and Nick Offerman had a scene in it recently. Um, so if anyone watched that or has not watched that, go ahead and do that. I have that on my list. Yeah, I read something that said that he almost passed it up. And then Megan Mullally read the script and she handed it to him and was like, well, I guess you're going to Calgary. Have fun, buddy. (laughs) Like and just like kind of gave the push. I read that in an article, so I'm not saying it's 100% true, but if the article's true, then it's true. Yeah. Um, My my brother says it's good and it's off of a, um, a video game. So yes. yeah, I've heard rave reviews about it. And it's cool to yeah. see Nick Offerman in like a uh, serious role. Like yeah, that. and I've seen trailers of him. He's been in many serious roles after Parks, and he's so good at it. Um, I mean, I can't say I've watched like full episodes of what he's been in, but I've seen like clips of what he's done. And I'm like, oh my gosh, good for you. He was in The Founder. 
about mm-hmm. McDonald's and like how McDonald's came to be. He's one of the McDonald brothers. Oh, okay. And he did. I really liked him in that. He did a yeah. good job. Yeah. He was in another Hulu show, show that I can't remember the name of, but um, mm. either way. Great job. I mean, he was a serious professional actor before Parks, too. So, I mean, I get it. But it's just interesting because yeah. obviously we all know Miss Ron Swanson. Um, anyway, also, um, Mando is the main character in Last of Us. So that's really fun. And I can't yeah. remember his name. Pedro Pascal. <laughs> be- we love Pedro Pascal. Yes, that's it. And he's going to be on SNL tonight. So just. Yes, FYI. I'm so excited. Well, we're recording this on Saturday. He would have been on yeah. SNL last week, everyone. Okay. Yes. Which <laughs> um, crossover? Anyway- because the last person was Aubrey Plaza. So full oh, circle. Yeah. Full circle. Um, all right. So the if you want to follow John Sloman, who sent us those, who is the committee member, he is at the John Sloman on Twitter and Instagram. I did tag him on our last one. So, uh, you know, go ahead and listen to that. Um, oh, and then, oh, my gosh, uh, Renee Pena. Great voice memos. Renee Pena was the one that um, uh, was the committee member with John Sloman. And I'm going to play hers um, for you because she sent in some wonderful, wonderful uh, voice memos. And she was like, I've never done this before. So I don't know if it's good. And I was like, That's oh, cute. my God, they're perfect. This is a side note. Uh-huh. I'm super driving on your shirt. Oh, my God, it's the Grinch shirt. It's Yes, I love it. <laughs> It's pajamas. <laughs> I'm here like, for it. I'm, I'm so still sorry. in my PJs too. Oh my god! It's my, these are the ones that my mom got for me, um, and Brooklyn and Brett, and we all are matching, mm. and it's really funny. Love it. So the first one, obviously, I ask her about her audition and um, how it was to audition for the show, how she got her job, and this is what she said. So I got the audition through my agent, Dorian Frankel, was the casting director. I went into her office in Hollywood. It was the first time I'd ever auditioned for the show, but I was familiar with it. I loved it. I loved doing comedy. And pretty quickly, either that day or the following day, they put me on a veil, which was unusual for the time because many times you had to go in for a callback. But they put me on a veil, they booked me, and seven days later, I was on set. So it was a pretty quick turnaround and... I was thrilled, needless to say. Yay! So that's how she got her job. And then I asked her, obviously, about like what it was like to be working on the set and all that kind of stuff. It was a relatively long day on set, uh, mostly because there were several scenes and setups scheduled to shoot. I can only remember three now because those were the three I was involved in. But my second favorite part of working that day was the location. It was this beautiful historic building on Lucerne Boulevard owned by the Ebel of Los Angeles. It was just a gorgeous building. So not only did I get to work with Amy Poehler and Adam Scott, but I got a beautiful location as well. So it was a good day to be an actor. I'll have to uh, post that, by the way, that building, because mm-hmm. I looked it up, I Googled it, and uh, it is so beautiful. It really reminds me, I don't think this is where they did it, but remember, did you, you watch Bring It On, right? Yeah. Um, it really reminds me of that high school that they use for like all the, you know, rom com movies. Um, okay. But mm-hmm. it's like super gorgeous and arches, and yeah, so I'll have to post it. I'm so glad she said that. I love a location breakdown. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's great. I, it's I, I'm uh, not concerned that I don't know why I was going to say that. I'm intrigued that she was there all day for what seemed to be a pretty short scene. Um, well, but I guess yeah, she just weird, has to wait. Technically, she had two. 
um, scenes because she comes out and says mm-hmm. the delegation from Pawnee and apparently she said that she had right. I don't know if she says it in here but she has they had to like turn around the scene um, or like turn around the set and fix some stuff so oh. so yeah. yeah but but yeah usually the guest stars are saying that like you know they're there for like two hours in the end <laughs> but yeah right yeah so it's interesting mm-hmm Okay, uh, then I asked what it was like to work with Amy Poehler and Adam Scott because she had some scenes with them just like John Sloman. Uh, and here's what she said. Well, watching Amy Poehler and Adam Scott work was a masterclass. They were so comfortable with themselves, with each other, with being on set. And they were having so much fun. There was such playfulness about them, kidding with each other, joking around, and letting creativity come out of that joy, of that fun, of that sense of play. And it was just a blast watching them work. It was a true lesson in trusting your talent. I love that. (laughs) I love that too. I think there's something to be said really like in any career when you hit that point where you're, you're just comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you found your groove, like, mm-hmm. that's really cool. I mean, I'm sure Les, uh, Leslie, Amy found that like long ago, cause she's been in comedy, you know, many years before she did this show, but just to hear that you could see the comfortability like in, in her work, it's really cool. Yeah. Well, and just like in any improv scene too, I mean, your scene partner is everything. So, mm-hmm. or not everything, but is like, 89.99% of everything. So like yeah. if you can be, um, you know, joking around and finding that ease with someone, uh, that is just, it's a game changer. Yeah, huge. So then I asked, uh, last thing, um, if we could promote anything for her, if there's anything that we can like look out for. And um, here's what she said. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. It's so much fun talking about what I do. Uh, It's a crazy business. It's a fun business. I just finished shooting my fourth episode of The Sterling Affairs for FX, and my episode of The Game on Paramount Plus comes out in mid-February. Yay! So we'll be sure. I'll tag both of those things in the show notes so you guys can at least follow along. She doesn't have um, social media, so honestly, good on her. Um, But (laughs) So I would have tagged her if she was, but um, you know, so we'll look out for those two shows, and thank you so much to Renee and John for sending in voice memos. That's amazing. Yeah. I haven't heard of either of those shows, so I'll have to look into what they are. There's so much content in the world, it's insane. Like, I don't know how to keep up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, the other thing that I didn't mention um, is that I don't know why I wrote this in the recap, but I just felt like I needed to say it. Like that kiss between Ben and Leslie in the last episode, I feel like kind of ruined me because now I'm just like expecting someone to just like grab me and kiss me. It's like those comic like rom- romantic comedy situation where it sets up such an expectation for what you expect mm-hmm. to happen in real life. <laughs> this was realistic. Don't get me wrong, but you know what I mean? <laughs> No, but I think I think you're right. There's a piece of I don't know if it's like, you know, now, probably not when I was a teenager, but as an adult, you watch romantic comedies and you're like, that's what it is. It's fake, right? It's it's there to make us feel things. But like a lot of those guys, like a lot of these perfect relationships you see in the movies, they're they're not realistic. But The Office and Parks and Rec give you such realistic human humanness to Mm -hmm. all the characters and all the scenes where it was like oh my gosh this is real this could happen to me this is the expectation now you know like that's so true yeah (laughs) so (laughs) for real that was that and then um oh 
now Phoebe's coming in. So maybe it just takes like 25 minutes for it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I did email Burley um, and uh, I asked him about how he felt about being on set and doing this scene in the courtyard and everything. And they got back or he got back to me and said, um, I'm just going to read his email. He was like, I actually have little to no memory of shooting this episode other than how surprised I was by how great Aubrey could sing. Yeah. And I was like, we just said that. That's what we That's- said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's or he said when she was singing, we were playing live, which was super fun because they filled the set with extras. Felt like we were doing a mini concert. So that's, that's really cute. cool to know that they were doing it live. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I love Burley. Thank you, sir, for always, you know, getting getting back to us so quick and everything. I know. I love it. Um, he always ends his uh, emails with if there's any other questions, let me know. <laughs> He's like, I don't know if I can answer them, but, you know, let me know. And I'm always like, oh, it's perfect. Yeah, um, beautiful. Okay, now this is the last recap, um, but I did do some, uh, I went back to the first, we had talked about, I, I went back to the first DVD and I got some of the bloopers because the blooper reel was on the first um, episode, right. and or first disc rather. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to play some of those for you once beautiful. I find them. This can be taken out, but we should have Burley come on for like a full ass episode, like whenever he's in a really long one again. Oh, yeah, totally. I feel like he would enjoy that. Yeah, I'll definitely ask him. Okay, so the first one is from The Fight, the Snake Juice one. It's uh, John Ralphio and um, Tom doing Get That Paper. Love to stay in chat, but we All got right, something to do. We got something to do. We got to get, 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 get that paper. Slow it down. Get, 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 get the paper. Fast. Get, 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 get that normal paper. now. Get, 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 get that paper. Slow it down. Get, 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 get the paper. Really slow. Get, 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 all right, we'll see you later. <laughs> it's oh just gosh. so funny. You don't even have to see them to hear how much fun they're having. Yes, totally. That's exactly right. They were just playing with each other. And I mean, and it's funny because like they kind of kept it together halfway, but not really. <laughs> yeah. But oh my gosh, I just needed to share that. And then the last one is like super like funny and just so weird. Chris Pratt weirdness happening. I just want you to hear it. I won't even try to explain it anymore. What episode is this from? Oh, this is from uh, the fight, the the um, okay. same one, and it's um, Janet Snakehole and Burt Macklin. Love it. What are you talking about? Do that again. What were you talking about? Oh my God! Phone out, dude. I can't help it. That is crazy. No one's ever slapped me before. (laughs) What? (laughs) Aren't you married? (laughs) He. uh, I don't know if he was at that point. Was he? I think he was before he even started the show. I don't. Okay. Well, either way, I just think it's also really (laughs) hilarious. Yeah. That like. In the last, like, year or so, he was, like, super about, like, God and everything. And, like, I mm-hmm. mean, I guess God people can be, like, you know, dirty and horny, too. <laughs> but it's um, just... Yes. It's just hilarious because I think that he did he wasn't like that at the beginning. But, yeah, so she slaps him, basically. 
And that happens. I don't. I really don't think he was joking, but I guess he could have been. I mean, it's. I guess it was. It's interesting to hear it audio wise because in the actual like viewing of the, uh, of the scene, like he's like bent over, like smiling, like oh my god, what is I've seen. I've seen that before, which is why I think it's real. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's that. Um, Good times. The, those are the recaps. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I love the bloopers. They're m- probably my favorite thing ever in anything. That's like my favorite yeah. thing to watch. That's because you get to see people having fun. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right. So now we are finally at The Bubble, Season 3, Episode 15. Uh, this was directed by Matt Sohn. He is a camera operator and DP who we know from The Office, but also he's worked on Superstore, Muppets, The Mick. But he directed quite a bit, too, um, including Abbott Elementary, which, uh, oh my gosh, on Hulu, Home Economics, Fresh Off the Boat, Angie Tribeca. Like, he's done so much uh, amazing work, and he's also been a DP for quite a bit of these. He also worked on Mr. Robinson, which was Craig Craig Robinson show from 2015 as the DP mm. and I had no idea that that was even a show until I saw it on IMDb <laughs> um and then he also did an episode of New Girl like a ton of others it also says he was additional crew on Elizabethtown and <laughs> I don't know what he okay. did on that but I love it uh and this is his first and only time directing Parks but I'm pretty positive he came from uh from the office because they already knew him all right. Then this was written by Greg Levine and Brian uh, Rowe. Greg Levine is on, if you listen to the Parks and Recollection podcast, um, he is the like third quote co-host who brings a lot of stuff in. He also wrote the episode Ben's Parents for Parks in season <gasps> five when they meet. That episode so much. Great episode. Um, again, this is his, you said what? Relatable. Yes. <laughs> for a lot of people, you are right. Um Again, this is his first writing credit, but he was the writing assistant with Brian Rowe, who wrote this episode with him. Um, And he worked on Parks in the writer's room in the script continuity and a script coordinator as well. So he's been in the crew for a few different projects that we know and love. um, But that's what his main thing was for Parks, was being working on the script quite a bit, like in the writer's room with them. Um, Apparently, he was a casting assistant for I Love You, Man with Paul Rudd, which I had no idea. Great film. Great film. Um, he, Rashida's he was a, there too. Yep, Rashida's there too. And he was a production assistant on The Office and ER. So that's cool. Good deal. And I'm, now I'm going to put Phoebe away because I can't handle it. <laughs> okay. I can't even hear. I love you so much. Goodbye. Okay. Then we have Brian Rowe, who is the other writer, who kind of has a similar path. He's also a script coordinator, but he was a writing assistant as well with Greg Levine for Parks. And this is his first writing credit. Uh, as well and he also worked on Up All Night which was created by our gal Emily Spivey which we talked about um, when she wrote her episode on Eagleton Mm -hmm. so yeah they both have been in and around the community with and everything I reached out to literally everyone I don't know why I need to say that all the time because I literally reach out to everyone every Mm -hmm. single episode but haven't heard back um, them and Jessica St. Clair don't have their agents information (laughs) listed because they're famous so I get it Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah so whatever anyway uh, great episode really love this writer and director did great awesome yeah it was a good one so now I have summary Perfect. I just wanted to comment that I found that's 4.27 million views for this one, um, which is less than the last one. Anyway, the fight and road trip were on one night, right? And Mm -hmm. then this one and Lil Sebastian were on the Mm -hmm. same night. And they said the views were about the same if you put both episodes together. Okay. So 
just interesting. Um, okay, I have a very short summary because I want to get into it. <laughs> so um, Chris decides to shake things up in the parks department, challenging everyone to make a little change. Meanwhile, Ben has an unexpected and unique introduction to Leslie's family. Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Dan's first day at City Hall. This cold open yes. is lovely. I love it so much. I totally forgot. Um, I mean, I didn't forget, but I just forgot it was this episode in particular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Leslie has filled her office with balloons and people keep popping out, but you can't tell where they are. And Andy, Tom, her new office mate. Oh my gosh, love that. I love it. Like, cause you don't, you don't know that Andy and April there until they like come out for their lines, which I think is really cool and a really well done. Um, and uh, I, I just really love it. She does say, how many people are in here? And, and mm, <laughs> Leslie says seven and so we know we have april andy tom leslie stewart so i was like who are the other two people like jerry and donna maybe hmm. but like nobody else pops out so, so Anne, i just did some andy, like speculation tom, new office i don't mate, leslie yeah i don't know i don't know if she's i don't know if she's counting ann hmm. you yeah. know interesting yeah yeah so i speculated a little bit but yeah i'm know. it'd be funny if there were just like random people in there too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that'd be great I yes, want a waffle explosion. Stewart. Yeah. And a de ants party. De ants party. I love that so much. It's so it's clever. It's so well done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great. I really, really love that. And we don't see Anne again in the episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. This that's is, funny. This is her moment to shine. And then Leslie kind of just. Well, we see her when um, she talks to Leslie about not thinking it through about Marlene. True true but i guess i think i just with the cold open i was like this is going to be a thing like mm-hmm. but it's more a thing in the next episode but yeah yeah so interesting so Stuart is the office mate love it so much <laughs> i love his line get these poor fucking Stuart. balloons out of here <laughs> poor Stuart. um this office mate Stuart, is played by jim jansen you've seen him in so many things he's been in a lot he plays the reverend in gilmore girls which is I think what most people would know him from. Um, He was also in Water for Elephants. He has done a ton of short films, one of which he won an award for. Uh, Mad Men, The Mentalist, which we also talked about last week. I think The Mentalist has come up quite a bit um, because it played after Parks, which is really funny. I guess it was just Mm -hmm. all the same time frame that a lot of these co-stars were in. Um, He was also in Brothers and Sisters, which Rob Lowe was in. So I wonder if they ever worked together. Um, and he was also, uh, side note, the high school principal in the office episode where Andy's girlfriend is actually a high schooler. Mm-hmm. Good times. <laughs> she works at the yogurt shop. <laughs> With the watermark. Yeah. Oh, my God. So funny. But um, oh I did email back and forth with him. Uh, I actually got a lot of responses from a lot of people interested in sending in voice memos. But um, and I usually give them I feel like I give them enough time, but sometimes things just get in the way. So he hasn't sent them in yeah. yet, but I will probably play that. I haven't decided if I'll play it as a recap or I'll stick it in here somewhere. But if it seems choppy and I put it in now, that's why. My audition for Parks and Recreation, it was a usual kind of audition in a casting agent's office. I try to learn my lines at that point uh, so I don't have to look at the script. And it was going fine. And then about halfway through, I went totally, completely up. I had no idea what I was supposed to say or who I was or, or anything. And there was what I felt was a long pause, looking dazed and confused. And then I remembered it. And I, I went on and finished. And I thought, well, I'll never get that job because I looked like an idiot. And then when I did get the job and read the whole script, I thought, 
Oh, that probably helped because this guy is kind of, he doesn't know where he is either. He's, uh, you know, lost. So I think that's how I got the job. Now, um, let's see. Uh, working on the set was, you know, a lot of fun. Amy and Rashida are great. Uh, I have to admit that when I got there, I was kind of starstruck and uh, just kind of, I don't know, sitting by myself and kind of watching. But they were so much fun and so relaxed that in, in just a matter of minutes, I felt fine, like uh, I belonged on that set. So uh, about hidden in all those balloons. <laughs> well, that was kind of surreal, you know, sitting at my desk and they brought all the balloons in and filled up this set with them. And then it was really quiet sitting inside of four or 500 balloons. But it, that too was a lot of fun. I thought, well, this is an interesting experience. So, uh, no, we weren't there long, uh, you know, in, in shooting half hour TV sitcom. You move fast and they were prepared with everything. They were always well prepared whenever I worked there. So it was fun though. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I look back and, and think it was a really, really good experience, and I thank them. Great job to Jim. Love him. He was also in, apparently there's a Gilmore Girls podcast out now. Really? Aww. Yeah, apparently there is, because I asked him about doing ours, and he was like, oh, I just did a Gilmore Girls one. Like, I guess podcasts are just really popping off, and I was like, oh, yeah, bud. They're I mean, yeah, they really are. They really, really are. It's a, yeah. I yes. love Gilmore Girls. I can't watch it unless I'm with my mom. Because otherwise I, get, I cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, so now we're in full swing of Leslie and Ben being super secretive, but also not really because they're talking about office stuff. And also in the wide open in the hallway, they're talking about making out with each other. So. <laughs> well, and the way they phrase it with everything, like makes it like I don't unless you were listening to their conversation, I don't even know if you would catch it. That's true. Because they're, they're not saying it affectionately. They're saying it like it's another meeting they have to go to. Absolutely. So. That's true. Which is. Which is kind of cool. I also like that we kind of just jump into it here. Like, totally. There's there's no like preamble about the kiss from last episode, or it's just we're we're thrown into wh where they've decided their relationship is going to go. Yeah, which is kinda cool. That's a really great point, and so nice because like we've waited long enough. Okay, let's yeah, just damn. talk. About it. <laughs> let's go. Ugh, now the siren is going off. I swear they know when we're <laughs> recording, Maddie. <laughs> I can never hear it. Okay, you can definitely hear it on the recording. I heard it last time. So. Oh, damn. Anyway, sorry, but also we're going to keep going. Okay. Yes. Um, Leslie says the best part of any relationship is the beginning. And uh, I think that's really cute and nice for her to just set this up this way. Um, also, side note, it's really funny. She mentions like the bubble and how the bubble is like mm. that. We, we talk about it later. But it's just funny because when, when this episode came up, I don't know why in my head. Maybe it was because the picture on IMDb. But when I heard the bubble, I was like, oh, the bubble is referring to the, the circle desk. <laughs> that's what I thought. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny that it we is both so thought funny. that. Yeah, because yeah. when she mentions the bubble, I was like, oh, right. That's what she. That's what the episode's yeah. referring to. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't think I caught that she said the bubble, and that's what why it was named the bubble until like my third time mm. watching. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, well, we'll have to put a vote and see yeah. if anyone else had the same thought. I would love to know. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. So then Ben is saying they should take separate cars tonight because Chris is crazy about this rule and it's like super sad. Um, but also he has a meeting with Marlene Griggs. Nope. Mm. And we wonder who that is. Mm -hmm. 
We don't. Ben does. Yeah. Leslie panics. And now we're confused. Right. Right. Oh, my gosh. She gets so panicky and she freaks out. She's like, oh, we're not related. Just coincidence. I get it all the time. She's actually Filipino. (laughs) I thought that was such a random detail. Also, he's going to walk in there and immediately know she's not Filipino. So I don't know why that's where you went. I know. With your explanation. She wanted to throw him off as much as possible. She wasn't even thinking. Yeah. Where are they going tonight? We don't really ever know, huh? Mm Mm-mm. They're talking they got to take separate cars. I don't know. Yeah, there was no deleted scene. I wondered that, too. And it also mm-hmm. made me wonder, so why don't you take separate cars to the um, convention? But whatever. Oh, yeah, also <laughs> also could have been an option. Yeah. No, but that that wouldn't. I, I get it, though, why it didn't make sense for them to do that. Because it was a long drive and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And well, now they're I, actually dating. So now they're really going to make out, you know, like it's out in the yeah, open. Yeah. yeah. No, um, I think also if you if you go that far for your company, I'm pretty sure the government paid for their gas and shit. Like and oh, they're not going to do it for two people. Yeah, you know they're going to be like, no, drive in the same car. Yeah, <laughs> save us money. So now Leslie, this is where Leslie is talking to Anne in Anne's office, and Anne is mm-hmm. you know being herself with this voice of reason. I um. I really love that line. I think I need to adopt this line to like what I want to say to people instead of just saying nothing of like, um, Leslie, I'm sorry, but I don't think you thought this through. (laughs) I just love that. I love it. It's very kind, but it's also like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck are you doing? You know? No, I felt this line was like an ex as a symbol of where our relationship is now, Mm. where, we will say the honest thing while still mm. being respectful of the other. Mm. But I feel like in a lot of my previous relationships and even in the beginning of ours, maybe like I would have sugarcoated it or, you know, like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Like that's yeah. kind of just who I am. And it was like, no, it's OK to tell your friend, hey, this isn't rational mm-hmm. <laughs> in a very sweet, polite way. And she's right. This isn't rational. Leslie, <laughs> what are you doing? I don't understand. And I, it- I do. I do oh, like the sentiment, though, that. There's no room in here for Chris and my mom right now. I love that. Definitely. Because especially in that beginning, you know, the beginning of a relationship, I feel like we're all kind of closed off to hearing what anybody has to say about it because we're like, I'm still trying to figure out what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need other people in here. (laughs) Right? Yes. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. I also love how far she goes off the deep uh, deep end of, like, all these random ass things and it continues throughout the whole episode getting heightened. I love it. Leslie says she should get her mom a ticket to London so they never have to see each other. <laughs> One way ticket. One way ticket. I Plus love she this. she gets to visit mom. Right, there exactly. She gets to go see London. But then Stuart comes in and I just love this line of, could you give us 45 minutes instead of five minutes? <laughs> like, or instead of two minutes or whatever, 45 whole minutes, please. Yeah. And does Anna have that time for you, girl? Like, in the Great middle question. of a work day. I just, my goodness. But I, I love it. I love that. I just love Leslie. I also feel really bad for Stuart because I'm like, you poor guy. And and it's your office, too. You're right. It's and you can't be in there. It, this has got to be why Anne has an office to herself next time. Yeah. <laughs> he puts a complaint in. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see as we go through. But I actually really love his line of um, get these fucking balloons out of here at the beginning. Oh, it's I great. think he did such a good job. And then this like attitude that he has now is really nice, too. So I don't know. It might be my fave. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Love it. So now Chris is having meetings with everyone in City Hall and he wants to switch things up. And he thinks everyone is more capable than what they are doing now. And woof. It is. Jerry. 
Oh my god. Says I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> um I have some Poor bloopers Jerry. for this that I wanted to play before we get into the actual scene. Um yeah. because I think it's so funny. And I think I mentioned in the last episode that he had trouble like getting some of his lines out, which I think I don't know if I combined them, but this one I'll just play it and then we can we can hear what happens. But it's just really funny to me. April, you are too valuable to just be Ron's assistant. So, starting now, you are an executive. Ooga Multitasking executive aide. I told him earlier, and the guy's like a steel trap. So, starting now, you are a multitasking executive assistant. That's not it either, is it? I'm gonna get it this time. Multitasking ex- executive aide. So, from now on, you are an executive multitasking aide. <laughs> starting now, you are an executive mobile motherfucker. Goddamn person. So starting now, you are an Alan Yang nightmare phrase. How will you assist the whole office? Because I am replacing your desk with this sporty mobile workstation. Wagoom. She is interesting. Ah, fuck me, de fuck, de fuck. (laughs) I have a new Blu-ray player. Plenty of movies that we can watch. Plus, my building has a Yakuza. (laughs) and we can have a drink out on the balcony and i have a new blu-ray player and plenty of old movies that we can watch plus my building has (laughs) 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 i was oh so close It keeps going. There's quite more of that. First, I have a couple things to explain. Number one, that big, huge noise when he says, you know, how will you assist everyone in the office? The whiteboard just falls over because he tries to bring the desk over, the little tiny traveling desk over. And then the last scene is when they are last episode um, at the restaurant where Chris meets Ben and Leslie and Mm -hmm. he's that's funny I guess they didn't even get that because uh, it's not in the episode and it's not in the deleted scenes of having the Blu-ray the way he says (laughs) Blu-ray and a Yakuza (laughs) yeah oh my gosh that's funny so anyway I just thought I would share those little bloopers that was funny to see yeah that's great um, all right. So Ron says he's been here before. Like the new city managers always try to shake things up, move things around. It brings everything to a stop. And Ron really enjoys that. So he just sits back with some donuts and enjoys the show. And he has a legit donut. Oh, yeah. In this scene. I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. Very well oh, done. yeah. He's a I think it was him and Pratt that are like really eaters. <laughs> like the, like uh, they were talking about Rain Wilson and Steve Carell did on The Office. Like they right. were actually eating a lot of the things. Right. Um, did you notice on the backboard it says... L-A-G-O-M? No. I was like, what does that stand for? What does that mean? Mm. I don't understand. Um, it, it was on the whiteboard, and I was like, maybe it's some sort of, I don't know, like presentation I thing. I Google it now. You said what? I said I want to Google it now. Oh. Uh, it's Swedish word for meaning just the right amount. Or not oh. too much, not too little, which correlates with the Swedish thing with the yes, desk that I can't pronounce. Yep. Oh, I thought it was an acronym. That's cool. Okay. That's what I thought too. Because I actually uh, typed it in in, in all caps, <laughs> wow. and then it came up with a legum, which is Swedish for not too little, not too much, just wow. right. Wow. Okay. Great job. That's cool. Details. Yeah. Wow. Love that. Okay. Well, he's trying to bring out everybody's good traits, like with Tom's entrepreneurial spirit, but still like 
proving he doesn't really know his staff because honestly, like, that's not entrepreneurial to make Tom do that to like digitize all of the files. What? <laughs> yeah, there's this is a part of his job that I feel like he's lacking in because I feel like he he's a good people person, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's understanding the the actual capabilities of each person right he knows they're capable of more but we learn later that actually ron has a much better idea of of how of of how the, these people work and what the best positions they work in so it is interesting to kind of see this like he's really good at his job and you're like okay he's got a purpose here and he kind of just fucks everything up yeah it's just his like kind of Toxic positivity almost. <laughs> or yeah. Oh my maybe gosh. Maybe not that's toxic, such a... but just unknown positivity. <clears throat> no, but I think that's a good word for it because there definitely are times where it's toxic. Yeah. Yeah. You that's know? true. And without, he's not, yeah. he has no malintent, but it's, you know. I had to look up what Chronicles of Riddick was because Tom Me says too. that he, <laughs> basically that's all you need to know is that it's a Vin Diesel movie. <laughs> Correct. And Judy Dench is in it. Oh yeah. Okay. It's a sci-fi movie with Vin Diesel and Judi Dench. So I think that's funny that he sold the DVD to get the (laughs) Blu-ray. Yeah. That's so weird. A movie from 2004 also. So not like new, new, but, you know, new enough that he could sell it. I love that Andy's taking notes. I know. Even though he has no idea what she just said. Yeah. He's the one taking notes. I appreciate that. It's so funny that he's, yeah, trying to be detailed, but then he's like, "Uh, I wasn't paying attention to what you just said we'd be doing, but I will give 110%. (laughs) This, I love, love, love this line. I really do. Like, this might be my favorite because he says, "Um, I will give it my 110% as soon as you repeat yourself in a much more interesting way. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is great. And he is, he's like a kid, like. Honestly, half the time you can't get kids to do work until you, unless you make it like super interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he he is he really is like a kid. It's just funny to me because I'm like, what are you taking notes on, bro? Right, <laughs> if you're not listening, <laughs> he's just writing like paintings or pictures or doodling or something. <laughs> yeah, or just or like it's like song Harry lyrics, Potter and he's writing. Oh, he could be writing song lyrics. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, in Harry Potter, when he's just like writing the date and he's like starting to get his paper ready and just, right. you That's know, true. he's still, he's still three minutes behind. Right. You know? Right. You're right. But why is Leslie um, not here? I don't know. I guess it's because it's a whole city manager thing and Ron's technically the boss. So I don't know. Yeah. But the whole office is there except for Leslie. Yeah. I guess they haven't you know? given, she, I guess maybe Chris thinks that Leslie doesn't need to change anything. I don't know. I mean, could be. I, yeah, I, I didn't even been think very twice intrigued. about it. Yeah, I would have been very intrigued to see what he would have asked Leslie to change. Yeah, I feel like there's nothing to change. I know. Maybe but, that's that is what it is. Yeah. So I don't know. Um. Also, I was wondering. They don't really explain it. Like for because he says for only three weeks, then back to shoes. And I'm like, wonder what mm-hmm. that whole timeline is. Like, why is that? Is everything for only three weeks, or just the digitizing? Like, is that how long it's gonna take? You know what I mean? I think I think it's the digitizing that's gonna okay. take three weeks that he's he's timed it out like that okay um that's really what i thought because i don't think he if he had put a timeline on everybody's it doesn't seem like he would have done that because i think he assumed everything would work okay okay well now leslie's coming clean about her mom and she spills coffee on ben gets him all panicked and tells her that it's actually you know she can be kind of a bully and oh my god i can't imagine that is so awful going into a meeting with that like chaos and anxiety right before yikes 
I would have told him after. I would have been like, you know what? You're right. I do have to tell him, but he's already going in there. And I like, I'm not going to have enough time for him to process this. So I'm going to wait. But yeah. she's like, I got to tell him before he goes. And so it's just a shit show. Which I think is the total like, um, like, I guess, epitome of what her mindset in this episode is. She doesn't, she's not thinking through anything. She's just like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I have to tell him this. Or no, wait, I have to do that. You know, she's not thinking through anything, as Anne said. She's, she's just saying things. Yeah. No impulse control. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the meeting is so terrible. He just caves and gives her the school buses that she needs. Um, I'm Mr. Ben Wyatt. <laughs> Which is so not Ben. Like, I think what I wrote here is that he's trying to be Chris and Ben at the same mm, time. Yeah. Because he, he does say that, of course, we'll give it to you. Actually, no, we can't. And like, he can't find the balance in himself because uh-huh. he's so rattled. Yeah. That's so interesting. So. And Pamela His- Reed comes back and we love her. She's perfect yes. as Marlene. I love her so much. Oh, she is. She's absolutely perfect as Marlene. Um, do you notice that the coffee stain is like completely dried and like not splattered? It's one like big chunk of coffee stain on his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and he was supposedly just it was just spilled on him. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. Mm. I could see yeah. it being one big splotch, but I yeah, it being dried and everything is probably not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. So. Um, Ron comes in with more donuts and sees this circle desk. Um, I wonder if... I'm sure I know. I wonder if Duncan had to be cleared because it's not generic, you know? No. So that was yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. I'm sure it did. Um, okay. This is where the Swedish name of Jemseldokt comes back. Sorry. I oh. just remembered um, that Mike Schur went to Harvard, right? Uh-huh. I bet you that's why he chose donkeys over like... You oh, know, Krispy Kreme or something. Maybe it was a little nod to Boston. Maybe. Could be. Sorry, my heart's trying to find sentimental <laughs> things because I love donkeys. I know. <laughs> I Yeah. I um. People are going to hate me. Love their donuts. Can't deal with the coffee. Sorry. It's really inconsistent. So the way we say it is it's not donkeys if you're not sure it's going to be hot or not. <laughs> <laughs> or just <So>. water. <laughs> it's just, yeah, or just water. Yeah. Some days the coffee's really good and then sometimes it's just really not. Yeah. But I think it's the sentimental piece of it for me. Yeah. Totally. So. That's fair. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So the Swedish name of Jamsildokt or equality. Um, this mm-hmm. is a real word um, that Chris uses, like we talked about for the um, legum, I guess, that we mm-hmm. found. Um, this is for gender equality. So I'm not really sure how the desk relates to it. I guess maybe just equality for all the townspeople. Like, because this technically the online, it says valuing different behaviors, aspirations and needs equally, regardless of gender. Yeah. So. That's what I found, too, was that a lot, most of it was gender stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, like, Chris was just kind of shifting it to, to just be overall equality, because mm-hmm. I think to him, it was also putting Ron on the same playing field as the rest of the, the department. They're mm-hmm. all out there, at, except for Leslie now, but they're all out there in that, like, open space. So it was like, okay, now everybody has the opportunity to talk to Ron, but also he's on the same playing field as everyone else, which... Is not gonna. It does not work for Ronald. So right. I don't know why we're here, but it is what it is, and it's funny. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I can see that too. I think both of those things are true. Like Ron being equal, and the way I saw it more was like, like you said, with the townspeople, like the everyone is equal. Everyone has a chance to talk to their officials. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that which sense. which I like. Mm-hmm. I love Donna's face. Oh my god, it's so good. She's I wrote so that too. Annoyed. <laughs> Every time Chris talks, she's just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's over it. 
Oh, my God. Apparently, this desk was also really hard to shoot and, like, be with the angles of how to capture all of it. It's really funny. I bet. Yeah, that's got to be difficult. Um, um, there's oh, also a plant that's not usually there and a, hmm. a little... Um, the water those, thing. Like, Jap- yeah. One of the, I saw like, that, little too. Water things. Very cool, which is interesting that we're going with all these Swedish words when... He when Chris gives off a much more like Japanese yin yang vibe, so mm-hmm. and that's kind of what that what I got from the the flower the or the plant and the water thing. So it's interesting that we have all these Swedish yeah. words when it's. I honestly Japanese. see Chris as just being more like taking things from every culture that like vibes with that's equality fair. and like you know feeling um you know anthropologic what's that word <laughs> you know what i mean or an- yeah. and phil- philanthropic you know what i mean like all the good words like i just feel like he takes things from every culture that is going to serve what he thinks is best you know yeah that's fair yeah because he does talk about um like feng shui when he was dating Anne, as far as you know yeah. like um you know clearing the chakras of her house and all that stuff so that's true yeah um okay now i'm at the fourth floor if you are um Yes, I also just love this line from Ron that he loved that pillar. It made it very uncomfortable to stand in my doorway. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, my gosh. That is such a slap in the face to Ron to have his sacred office space mm-hmm. with so many rando townspeople like playing darts and just being in there. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm wondering if um, the pillar, because the pillar has gone, mm-hmm. like I want to pay attention to if the pillar comes back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, do Good they call. put the pillar back Good or... Call. Just he gets to go back in his office. So, yeah, I yeah, I couldn't tell you, to be honest. So, yeah, we'll definitely have to pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, anyway. OK, so, floor. yeah, now we're at the fourth floor. Um, It's creepy and weird and awful. <laughs> and we get to our favorite gal, Ethel Beaver. Love it. Ethel. Yay. Rest in Tom peace. Tom says that. Yeah. Tom says that free. it's freezing and humid at the same time mm-hmm. and i'm like that's that's a thing that's how snow happens um <laughs> but i guess he means inside which yes. could be uncomfortable yeah <laughs> so well i'm gonna do a tiny little um deep dive on ethel beavers Please her do. name is helen slayton hughes and she sadly passed away last year it was just last year so she's wow. stuck with us for a very long time aubrey plaza and adam scott together posted about her um they both had posts about how great she was and how wonderful it was to act with her what a treasure and a treat that she was especially in this role um i looked her up and apparently she was born in new jersey and she is part of a whole family of performers um in fact one of her cousins first removed is Peter Dinklage. So, okay. That's a thing. Um, her I've never known what that means. First removed. First removed. I know. See, I'm wondering if like they got divorced and then like they're not technically cousins. Like, is it through marriage? It could be through marriage. You know what that's mean? always what okay. I thought it was, but I've never known. We'll Google it. Um, Her whole family was in theater shows, musicals. Her uncle was in the Ringling Brothers Circus. Uh, So that's pretty cool. She got a bachelor's from Syracuse University and a master's in communication um, from RPI, which I don't know how to pronounce this. It's really wild. Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. Anyway. She spent 40 years doing community theater and regional theater, and then she was cast in a San Francisco show called Nash Bridges, um, and then she moved to L.A. Nash Bridges was a TV show, um, and then okay. she moved to L.A. At 70 years old is when she moved there, and then she started acting in film and TV. What? Yeah. 
So she wow. was doing all this Dedication. like amazing theater and like, you know, smaller parts, I think, in like the San Francisco area, at least according to her um, bio. Uh, and yeah, she just moved to L.A. She was like, let me see if I can do this. Um, and yeah, she wow. wrote a one act opera called Rachel, the Innskeeper's Daughter, which was produced at St. John Udis, I don't know how to pronounce these things, school in Chatsworth, which is in California. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was also in Rutherford Falls, uh, which is the Peacock show with Ed Helms. Moxie, which is Amy Poehler's movie. If you haven't seen it, see it immediately. She was also in Fresh Off the Boat, The Middle. I mean, so many wonderful things. And obviously, she was just perfect as Ethel. And we just love her so much. So uh, I'm so excited that we are getting to talk about her. And she comes back. She's great. Mm -hmm. She comes back quite a few times. Yeah, we love her. She's part of some big, big stuff, too. Mm-hmm. I love it. She's awesome. <sighs> All right. So, anyway, now she's showing Tom and Andy to this awful room. And Andy, I love how Andy is just so excited and Tom is so disgusted. They're the complete opposite of each other here. Well, yeah, I think Tom sees... it. It's different. I feel like Tom sees himself going somewhere big. Mm-hmm. Right? And he sees himself hanging out with celebrities and and being in these really fancy nightclubs and and chris chris andy says it the perfect way like he's he was homeless a year ago right he's living in the pit so he he has this like my life could be so much fucking worse view right so it's just it's really cool and i mean andy is always typically a little bit more optimistic than most other characters but i think he just has um this really humble, realistic view of where he could be if he hadn't been get, given all these opportunities. Yeah. So he definitely has a different perspective for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I looked up what cousin first removed means. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> um, basically, it says that it's a generation above or below you. For example, it says, hmm. or no, wait. Yeah, that no, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's so crazy. So, like my mom's cousin, but that that. I've always called her my second cousin. Yeah, that's what I always say. Um, let's see. Why second cousin once removed? A second cousin once removed is either the great great grandchild of your great great parent or the. I I just what? I can't. <laughs> my I brain. Can't. I can't follow that. You're separated by one generation, and the com- closest common ancestor you have is a great grandparent. I don't know. Basically. They're generations removed from you. So that's what it says. I don't understand it. But if anyone else understands, just let me know. Yeah. Explain it better than Google just did, please. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It just says to be once removed from a cousin means you're separated by one generation. The number before removed will always represent the number of generations you are separated from the cousin. That's so interesting. So maybe it does mean that. Yeah. Yeah. But then why would like you have it, a second cousin first removed? You or know? maybe, yeah, or like maybe my great aunt is technically my aunt removed. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> hey, aunt removed. How are you doing today? That's so weird. Mm. Okay, yeah, weird. whatever. Basically, they're just different generations. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, there is a deleted scene here, going back to Tom and Andy's situation, um, where Tom tries to find a better office and walks around, and there's this montage mm-hmm. of all the awful things in the fourth floor, and he opens a door, and there's an old lady taking off her wig. It's <gasps> kind of terrifying. She's, like, really skinny and, like, 
like looks like bones and skin. There's also a room that he opens with just mannequins that are super creepy. Like the whole room is filled with mannequins and the lights flickering. And then a crow randomly appears. Oh my God. It's so nasty and creepy. And it was really illustrative of how like weird everything is. Also, technically, I I love that technically Ethel says this is a crime scene. So don't move anything. (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. Oh my god! Yeah. I love her line also of when Tom says he he's not going to wear the name tag, and she's like, "Do what you want." <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, she uh, she really does not care. I also love Andy. Remind Tom, ask something. I know that's good so job, good. <laughs> Again, taking notes, but not knowing anything about what he's doing. Correct. Yeah, I would love to see Andy Dwyer's notebook. Me too. <laughs> oh my god. There, there's like a lot of old fax machines, those old like photo boxes with no labels. So who the fuck knows what's in those things? Yeah. Um, and um, there's a turned over chair on the desk behind Andy. Oh. Um, and very, like he said, very old ass computers. So mm-hmm. I couldn't really see anything else that I found of interest other than like a bunch of boxes being around. But yeah, interesting that there's like old technology in there and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a really good job of making it look very cluttered and like mm-hmm. creepy and weird and old and awful. Yeah. Um, well, now I'm at where Leslie goes into Ben's office, if you are. Yeah, I think she, again, this impulsive, like, I want to talk about these fun things and, and not talk about this awful stuff. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the fact that I only gave you five Sarah McLaughlin songs this time. Right. Yeah. So she's trying to like smooth things over and she says she made another mix same for him, but only put five Sarah McLaughlin songs on there. And she explains why she did what she did. And Ben says, obviously explains that he gets so flustered. So the meeting went terrible. And Leslie's like, I'm sure it was fine. She probably loved you. And um, it's obviously it's not. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I wanted to mention that line of Ben taking off his shoes and holding them in his hand was apparently an inside joke in the writer's room referring back to when Ron took his shoes off at April's house um, mm-hmm. and just held them in his hand. Because Nick yeah. Offerman apparently made that choice as an actor. Like, no one told him, just hold your shoes in your hand. <laughs> he just That's left his cool. shoes in his hand. <laughs> That's really cool. I like that. I know. It's a nice little callback. Yeah. I feel like in Leslie this is what's coming to my brain right now that we're kind of getting here is like, she's so anxious about losing this happy bubble Mm -hmm. that she's almost pushing them out of it. Mm, Interesting. You know, like her choices and they're not getting to enjoy, you know, she's causing so much stress on the relationship because she's worried about the bubble. Right. Right. Yeah, and she's never been in this situation before, it sounds like. So she's just trying, she's flopping all over the place. Yeah. But her her intentions are good. Yes. But yeah, she's just, yeah. Yeah. Well, then she talks to her mom and, you know, kind of checking in to see how the meeting went and sees and seeing if Marlene actually did love or hate or whatever him. Um, And she says she loved him. But then Ben was such a pushover. And that's what Marlene loves about him. And Leslie Mm. gets super offended. I love that line or the reading of how Amy said no reason, (laughs) like with Mm -hmm. a smile, (laughs) like because Marlene's like, why do you ask? Yeah, I I have a note here because. I just remember in the first couple episodes that Marlene was was in Parks and Rec that it was like we didn't necessarily like the way she talked to Leslie or the, how the relationship was. And this this episode makes me really happy 
mm-hmm. about about like where they're at. Like the fact that Leslie feels like she can go talk to her mom about this. Mm-hmm. Later she brings her coffee and and you know, I love I like when Marlene's like, excuse me, I'm I'm enjoying my daughter right now. Mm-hmm. Basically is that's when I hear that, like I'm having coffee with my daughter, that's like I'm wanting to give her my one hundred percent. And mm-hmm. I just love the this shift of this this relationship. And funny that we mentioned Ben's parents earlier, like we get to see a little bit more of a step into that in, in that episode too, which I love because I feel like I was really sad in the beginning when it was like, oh, Marlene's being like rude and, you know, it's so this is cool to see. You kind of forget that she was such a hard 100 percent like to Leslie, particularly. Yeah, I think the reason I remember is because we analyzed it Mm -hmm. in the in the podcast. And now I'm sitting here like, oh, my gosh, it was like six months ago that we were talking about how shitty she was being. Yeah. I will so. say that when she says that line of like, I'm enjoying like having coffee with my daughter, I feel like 20% of that is like, I have to show this guy how like not important he is. And mm. it wasn't all a hundred percent. Like I need to be with my daughter. Although maybe it was, I don't know this is the way I read it, but no, I, it's okay. still very sweet. Yeah. Um, okay. So now Ben is worried that Marlene's going to tell everyone that he's a pushover. And Leslie says, that's no problem because when I first met you, I thought you were a fascist hard ass. (laughs) So true. A cute fascist hard ass. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like, I don't know if it's Pawnee or Leslie is like doled him out or kind of like we were, we were talking about earlier, like he, he doesn't partner with Chris on everything now. So he's kind of balanced. He's trying to balance himself out because he's not as much of a hard ass as he was when he first came. I just don't think that we see him because we have being a hard ass because he hasn't True. like we ha- he hasn't had any situations that we've seen. The audience hasn't seen him reacting to any other departments. You mm. know what I mean? So I don't That'd be and, cool to see. Yeah. So I think he still is a hard ass in my like as an audience member. <laughs> um, mm. I think he still is a hard ass. But with Leslie, he doesn't know where which way is up or down because of this whole Marlene situation. Yeah. So um, but yeah, it would be cool to see him interacting with other people and seeing how he's still a hard ass no I do agree that you're right as far as you know he's probably like lessening especially after the last episode with him saying Pawnee is special but I still think he has an edge you know yeah no I no I agree I think you're right that's a good way to look at it like we're not getting to see his the full scope of his position Mm -hmm. so this gal comes in and says that the education department is now requesting 10 buses because he's a pushover so He's they're going to try to take him for all he all they can. Um, and this gal who hands Ben the paper with this request is named Tammy Diadio. And she was an assistant to Morgan Sackett at the time, who was a producer on the show. So it's That's really cool. cool. Um, and she's also a producer herself, and she was additional crew in a lot of things, but she worked very closely with a lot of the park's crew, so that's really cool that she got to come on. Um, she was also assistant to the producers, um, in The Mentalist, which is wild, again, that's coming up. Californication, Criminal Minds, Rent, um, as an assistant, and then she was a production assistant as well, and an associate producer on The Good Wife and Brain Dead, uh, which is a show that I wasn't familiar with before I looked at IMDb. Um, (laughs) But yeah, this is the only thing that she acted in, apparently. So I'm guessing it's kind of like The Office and Parks, where they kind of come in for a one-off situation if they're part of the crew. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's really cool to see that little Easter egg. That's awesome. I thought she did great. That is cool. Yeah. No, yeah, I loved it. 
And, and now it's so, chaos. Yeah, now it's chaos. Ben's like, tell me everything there is to know about her, and we are going to have it out. And then again, this is where we go even further, where Leslie suggests, let's go to Belize and go scuba diving and look at the whale sharks. <laughs> yeah, because that's better than us handling our problems. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. <laughs> yes, and I love this callback because Leslie's already certified because she talks about a bad date where... With the bends. With the bends. And whale sharks is what, um, the only reason I know this is because I swam with whale sharks um, because I remember Justin talking in the mm. other episodes uh, talking about how he swam with the whale sharks in Madagascar. <laughs> yeah. Great times. So lots of callbacks here. Oh, yeah. Um, Good times. This is where we're back in the parks department if you are. Yes. And people are playing with Ron's dartboard, which is awful. Ron is so over it and He's that. So bad. Oh my God, his face is awful. Jerry's asking April for the usage report and she's being so obnoxious and everything's falling apart and it's just terrible. And then our famous lady with the sun tea comes in. Yes. She's also the snail lady, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the snail lady. She's also, this is her second appearance. The first appearance mm-hmm. is the one where she was at a city hall saying like, all I eat is lasagna and muffins all day and I feel awful. So we're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything's fine. But just as a recap for those that I'm sure remember, but just to explain a little bit more, she says that there uh, is a sign in one of their parks that says that the sprinkler water is um, like, do not drink the sprinkler water. But so she made sun tea with it, completely oblivious to the sign and (laughs) saying now she has an infection and she keeps she jogs around the circle and Ron just keeps swiveling because he doesn't want to look at her or talk to her. And it is yeah. just so funny. I love that line. Are you listening, sir? Sir, excuse me. I'm talking to you. <laughs> this whole situation. It's so just, good. It's so well done because it is a very like Pawnee complaint mm-hmm. that we see throughout the series. But it's also like not a rational complaint. Yeah. But it's also not a rational response from Ron. Right. He's, oh my God! Nick Offerman he runs the department. This, like oh, keeping his face so, so blank, but yet so angry. <laughs> yeah, time. yeah. Oh, oh man, God. I would have words with that lady. Okay, so let's back up. What did the sign say? Okay. Right. So why did we think it was okay to make tea with it? Also, I, I think just I'm can't. Just, like visually, I'm imagining. She said sprinkler water, so I'm imagining a sprinkler is going off, watering the lawn, and she's like <laughs> she's putting a pitcher the over the sprinkler. <laughs> To get the water. <laughs> what? I didn't even think about that. That's hilarious. <laughs> that yeah. image is just so funny because she, evolved, like, she just totally would be the person to do that. Like, yeah, it's just so funny. Yeah. Um, in the first episode that she was in, I did look her up and I couldn't find any information on her. But I will say oh. that her name, as a reminder, is Sarah Von Horn. Like I said, we this it was in the Sweetums episode that she was in last, and that um you know, town hall. But she's in six episodes total. Like you said, she does come back. Um, But she was in Runaways, Grace and Frankie, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal. She's been in a lot of big stuff. Um, But the last thing, I I don't think, maybe I said this in the last episode, but I I didn't remember that the last thing on IMDb that she did was in 2018. So Hmm. I don't know. But it was funny and I loved it and I'm glad she comes back. Yeah, that was good. Good stuff. So (sighs) Leslie's now trying to teach Ben about Marlene. It's not a meeting, it's a battle. Yes. Yikes. Uh, which Hello. I'm Wrong. inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. Um is the sound in dumb. And now you've I love that like line. A woman. <laughs> this is all like it also gives you like a 
a vision into how Leslie was raised. I thought that too. It's wild. Yeah. Like you you don't really think a lot of like what made her who she is. And this is like, okay, this is the lady who raised her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's very interesting to see like she knows all this stuff like because yeah. her mom was like kind of a hard ass herself. Yeah, yeah totally. So, um, she. Oh my gosh, every time I say um now, I'm going to think of that. Because of yeah. that line. Uh, I wasn't thinking about it before, but I am now. <laughs> All right. So Leslie gives Ben a list of 100 conversation topics. Uh, I had to look up what Deliverance the movie is, to be honest. I feel like I look it up every single time because mm. I'm just not sure and I've never seen it. Have you seen it? No, I have not. Okay. Well, yeah. for the rest of us that haven't seen it, it's a 1972 movie where a group of guys go to escape their wives and jobs and go for a week of canoeing in rural Georgia. And apparently, when they get to where they're going, they are not welcomed by the locals. In fact, they are attacked. And when they're ambushed by the people and rapids trying to get home, um, it becomes a story about survival. And that's very fascinating to me. I guess it seems very like war, survival competition very you know hardcore so maybe that is in line with marlene i don't know that could be i have no idea but it's also from the 70s so that was around probably the time that she was like growing up and stuff too so i don't know yeah yeah i uh i'm getting like flashbacks from the fight when Mm. leslie gives and all that shit to memorize oh that's like you have five minutes (laughs) that's funny that's true i mean yes great character building for leslie Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or a character maintenance, I guess I should say, because we yeah. already know what her character is. Yeah. Um. Very all true. right. So April is now visiting Tom and Andy upstairs. I like that she took her walking desk thing, even though she probably didn't need to. <laughs> yeah. I do, too. I really liked that. Yeah. Nice. Nice uh, follow through there. Then this random guy comes in asking if it's Mort Jansen's office and smashes a coffee pot as a threat, saying, tell Mort it's his move. What? Yeah, what? Also, they told you this isn't Mort's office. What are you doing? Yeah, seriously. I guess he's Sir. like, I'm, sh- I'm sure he's thinking that they're covering for Mort. Yeah. It's so well acted by that guy, too. Oh, my gosh. So this guy's name is Dana Gould. He's a famous stand-up, which I'm sorry, Dana. Um, I did not know that. Uh, but I definitely recognize his face. He actually messaged me back, too. And I'm really trying to get him on as a full episode interview because he was a writer in season two and a producer for the show. He's also friends wow. with Greg Daniels. He was a part of the crew that won two Emmys for The Simpsons for Outstanding Animated Program. Uh, so, I mean, he also plays additional voices on The Sim- Simpsons as well. So, And he's... Um, been in a ton of stuff as an actor too like Seinfeld and things like that but he's a pretty big stand up he has a bunch of specials Uh, so I hope that he I messaged him back and was like when do you want to come on for an interview because he was like he was he was really fast in the first message he was I messaged Mm. him or no I think I messaged his agents or something and then he messaged me directly and was like hey I'd love to chat okay bye and I was like (laughs) oh my god okay so uh then I messaged him so hopefully he can come on for a full interview because I've always wanted to know because technically I think his IMDb credited position as a producer is like consulting producer and I've always said that Mm. I really want to know what the f every certain all these different producers are yeah yeah So, and also, I would love to talk to a writer that, I mean, we haven't Mm. talked to a writer yet, so I would love to talk to a writer. That'd be Um, so cool. So hopefully, Dana, if you're listening, or if you hear me, 
hello. <laughs> I'll message you. Hello. I'm very good at messaging people back and just not giving an F. So we'll get him. Hopefully. Maybe. Yes. I don't know. It, it'll happen. But he, also, I haven't he heard. Does... I'm really sad because I haven't heard from Jessica St. Clair. She oh. liked. I tagged her in the uh, road trip episode and she mm-hmm. liked it like she hearted it. But I don't know that she saw the message because it's not saying that she saw the message. So mm. and th- there's no agent emails on hers because she's fancy, obviously. But I don't know. Right. I'm sad. I want her to message me that. I know. Okay. That'd be great. That'd be I awesome. It's all right. But anyway, uh, yes, Dana Gold. Did you have anything else to say? Yeah, I just, Dana does a great job with the crazy eyes, man. Oh, totally. That's what it is. Weird smile. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, you're looking at me and you're like, what the fuck did you do? And what did this other guy do? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just, and the, and the staring right at them when he breaks the coffee pot. My Uh, question is, I want to know, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I love that April's like, I want to work up here now. This is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> April loves it. And Tom is terrified. <laughs> I love seeing all these differences in each of these characters, it, mm-hmm. uh, like how they react to each of these situations. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I my question was about Dana um, smashing the coffee pot. I really, I really want to ask him. Or I guess I could ask anybody of our crew, I suppose. But I really want to ask him, like, was that like a plexiglass situation? Like, how, was it actual mm. glass? And then they were like, don't step on it. Because they don't show their feet. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, Who I'm knows? sure it's not real glass because that would probably be a safety hazard. But you know what I mean? I'm very yeah. curious. Yeah. Fascinating. So we'll be see. Good. Uh, so now Tom is trying to schmooze these old ladies. Um, everything, well, really just Ethel at this point. Everything goes straight over Ethel's head. I love that. Like, nobody called. I didn't get a missed yeah. call. <laughs> yeah. She does not care. You are barking no. up the wrong tree. She has been sleeping with Mayor Gunderson and does not need you. Oh, okay. right. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> oh, my God. Did um, you notice that they have a bottle of antacid, just like a generic antacid on her desk? Oh, no. That's great. <laughs> great detail. that's awesome i love it i i'm upset that this is what tom's doing because he doesn't want to do it he's like how can i get out of it like which again i think it's such a child response and when he has this run-in with chris i have a lot more feelings and thoughts about all this but um i just i'm also really pissed off at him because before he even asks ethel for like this you know you getting out of this basically like Andy is working and he's mm. like, how much left do we have? And he's like, well, the rest of this box and everything else fucking help him, bro. Yeah. Like Andy's doing all this work like and he's got this positive attitude like it would go much faster if you stepped up and helped. I know you don't want to do it, yeah. but we all have stuff that's part of our jobs that we don't like doing sometimes. And that's OK. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, my God. I. This is going to sound so awful and stupid. I related really hard to Tom in this moment, though, which mm-hmm. I'm not negating what you're saying because you're 100% right that he shouldn't be like a little bitch and just be like whatever. But I'm well, a little bitch about a lot help of stuff. Andy. That's, that's, yeah, at least help that's Andy. That's the biggest yeah. thing that bothers me is that he's asking Andy where they're at in the process. And it's like. That's true. That's like, so what how much are you going to do before mm-hmm. I get out of here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, Sorry, I hear you for continue, sure. Continue because valid. No, no, I, I'm just like, I am so like when I, I people don't ask me to be the receptionist anymore when our receptionist is out and thank the Lord Jesus, because mm-hmm. when I, it, I related to this um, with like filing and also um, answering phones, I, I don't know what it is. I just, I can't do it anymore. I, it's like Pam being the receptionist. Mm-hmm. I will answer the phones in my own office while I'm doing my 
work um, every now and again. But I think it's because I've been a receptionist for so fucking long that I'm just like, I can't stand it. And people notice it too. Like my whole attitude changes. I try as Mm. hard as I can to not. But my whole mind is like, I don't want to do this. I have been berated enough as a receptionist. I will not do this again. And I just don't have the, I don't have the capacity anymore for it. And I think that that's why I related to Tom because Tom's like, um, which Tom is not, on my level in the sense like we're not on the same page I guess in the sense where like he's worked his like his hardest at everything and like trying to move up but like still there is a parallel where he's like I have done x y and z this was supposed to be the thing that gets to the next thing Mm -hmm. I can't go backwards this is going backwards why would I ever do this and so like what you were saying, though, is better, um, which that should have been his first thing, I think, is going to Chris and being like, mm. hey, buddy, <laughs> um, so yeah. we need to talk about this. You know what I mean? Which, again, when we get there, we'll get there. But that's yep. where what I felt throughout the whole thing. But yes, being like acting like Andy's his little work dog is weird. Yeah, no, I think that puts that in perspective for me, too, because even though the Andy piece is big for me, it was also just like, dude, this is part of your job. But I think you make a good point. Like, he's business liaison or something right Mm -hmm. like so no it's actually not that's a really good point like he's he's just been tasked with this side job basically yeah and it's not it's not what he signed up for yeah and this is again just pointing back to chris not knowing his crew yet um Mm -hmm. where it just feels like such a slap in the face to go backwards and like put me in a dark room where i don't belong you know so and like ron brings up later this is this is way more jerry's Right. He would, Jerry would thrive in this environment. Oh, Jerry, that's such a good point. I didn't even think about that. Oh my God, he's so good at filing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yes, and Andy and so Jerry right. are both the right amount of positivity, like that they would have been fine up there together. That's actually so interesting. I never thought about that, that each of these tasks can be should've done. Should have gone to someone else. But they should have been flipped. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, Tom Jerry, should have had Jerry's job. Jerry should have had 100%. Tom's. 100%. Oh, wow. Yeah. Andy could have been the, well, maybe, I don't know if Andy could have I been I think Andy's roles. in the right position. <laughs> yeah, but I just, I don't even, it's funny because Andy, I'm, I'm almost like, maybe he's in the right position if Jerry's with him. Mm, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. To like double check the work. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> but anyway, Donna could have been in April's, but still that's bad because Donna would not be caught dead with that traveling nurse station thing. No. Computer. The IV station is yeah. what she calls it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Okay, anyway, that was an interesting tangent. What a way to think about that. Okay, all right, this is what we do here. Yes. Anyway, um, back to Ethel and Tom talking. I love that Tom says, I'm going to go, like, jump out a window and plummet to my death, and Ethel's like, okay. "Okay." (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Love this next little character relationship moment of Mm -hmm. Donna telling Ron, like, yo, do something about your boy because this will not work. Like, he's not like city other city managers because Ron's like, this will pass, whatever. And Donna's like, he's not going to give up. And I love that Donna has no qualms about standing up and like talking back to him, even though he's her boss. Yeah, but I think they have I think they have that relationship. Yeah. And and I think Ron kind of creates that environment because a lot of most of those people other than Jerry will will challenge Ron. And I think that's a beautiful thing to create as a leader because if your staff is afraid of you and is afraid of coming to you with these kinds of things, I don't think you're doing your job. Yeah. And it's a little bit of both because Ron um 
doesn't like he doesn't really necessarily care as much as you would like think a boss would but he has his Mm. moments as we know but also donna's personality so it's both Mm. you know donna's not gonna like let this stand and to be fair donna has i don't know if they've been there the same amount of time but donna's been there a long time like she knows what's up you know like she gets her job she gets this position she knows what the fuck she's doing and she knows that chris is different so i love that she has that moment of like ron you have to do something because you're technically the boss you know what i mean right Right. And and validating him. Like, yes, you're right. Most of the times this wash is over, but this is Chris. Yeah. And he's different. So yeah. I really like that. Have you Her, seen um, those? Oh, go ahead. I was going to, I think we're going on the same, the the same route here. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, I was it's not a prop. Ask that. Like, have you seen those? I have seen them before. Some of my I friends who not. work from home, um, I've seen like little pictures of it. Or like, oh, yeah, it's, I don't know. And some, they also make keyboards where your left hand goes on one side, like it's cut down the middle. The keyboard is like hmm. cut down the middle and they're two separate pieces. And like your left hand goes on one side and your right hand goes on the other side. And I think the one that, Donna has might be similar in the sense where um, you're supposed to like it's hard to say this on an audio medium but basically your wrists are not supposed to be like straight up because that's not how they are they're supposed to be like your arms are like at an angle kind of if Mm -hmm. I can and so like you're supposed to be you would be typing like this as opposed to like this you know where right. your wrists are always in that like awkward your hands are forward position. your hands are actually like facing each exactly. other exactly so if they were like yeah. this it's comfortable slash not so hard on your body and whatever so but it's huh. wild like i'm sure you'd have to get so used to that yeah that's uncomfortable it's 275 dollars also by the way nope looked it up gross bye <laughs> yeah but yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting because I thought it would have been a prop that they just co- created it. I wonder if they found it one day and they're like, how can we work this into an episode? Oh, interesting. That Yes, totally. Maybe they use it in Sweden a lot. Who knows? Ooh, could be. Uh, anyways. OK, yes. I'm glad that we were on the same page. Um, mm-hmm. Leslie's now talking to Marlene. She brings her a coffee by trying to get her in a good mood. I love that Calls she says her mommy. Um, she calls it mommy <laughs> so precious <laughs> it is and also i think it if if marlene was tuned into it she'd be like all right what does leslie want yes yes you know because as an adult if i like i call my mom mama like that's what i call mm-hmm. her when i talk to her but if i say mommy i <laughs> yeah. think she's like okay what does she What's need going you on? know yeah. i honestly this is gonna sound crazy i guess but i still call my mom mommy sometimes like which i i think is is i don't know precious and perfect i think if that's what you call her that's what you call her relationship right but i think mine would be the opposite mine would be mother mine would be like hello mother mother. (laughs) yeah see but that's what it is i think if 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 mommy is what you call her all the time that's not going to set a red flag that's who she is to you but if you don't call her that then mommy kind of comes across as like all right what's going on yeah we're coming in with the sweet words now love that yeah. Oh my God. Well, Ben just walks in and does everything Leslie said to do. He's confident. He's ready. He just sits down. I love, I love that it. they set it up for Leslie to be there. Kind of like a moral Me support. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Um, well, we cut from that and then we go to Chris talking to this random person on the fourth floor, having this incredibly deep moment. And um, he has no idea who she is. Is which it the I love. fourth floor? Uh huh. Oh, I thought. I thought they. That Tom went down to the main floor is what it looked like because oh, it doesn't really? look as dark and gross. Oh, okay, maybe you're right. Yeah, I, totally I don't know. We should. We, I should go. Yeah, let's. Uh, I would go back and look at it. I want to go back and look at it now because I just the way it looked and everything. Although the the 
fact that there's a girl crying. That's that's what tipped also, me off. I was like, oh, yeah. she's like going through something, and that's what it is. But you're right. Why would Tom? Why would Chris be on the fourth floor unless like maybe they had scheduled a meeting? I don't know. Right. Okay. Yeah. We'll Let's go back go and back. look at it. Yeah. yeah. Great huh. call. Um, but. Yeah, that's that's the only reason I thought I was on the fourth floor because it was like okay. this random person. <laughs> well, and that would make more sense to me because I literally have why is this even in this episode? Mm. Unless he's on the fourth floor, maybe that would make more sense. That's mm. what's brought him there, right? But I'm kind of like, this is, we all know Chris is a really cool guy and he's really helpful. Like, I don't feel like we needed this. Interesting. Okay. All right. Mm. Well, this actor's name who played this lady is named Yolanda Snowball. She has been an easy A. My name Snowball. is Earl. I know Snowball. That's her last name. That's what it says on IMDb anyway. So good for you, Yolanda. Uh, she was also in Danger Force, which is a Nickelodeon show, like a superhero type show, mm-hmm. which is really mm-hmm. cute. I looked at the pictures and they look cool. Um, she was also in Jane the Virgin, a ton of stuff. I thought she did a great job, like regardless yeah. of if the scene was like needed or not to set up oh, Chris's yeah. life. Like um, she rocked it with this whole crying mm-hmm. thing there's no yeah 100 <laughs> percent. yeah i think she was great but but back to um what we were talking about earlier this is where tom mm-hmm. doesn't want to work in the fourth floor so he's trying to talk to chris to stop working there um i love his line of i tend to work best with young attractive people yeah <laughs> so dumb. yeah it's i have i have multiple thoughts here because i think obviously as in most situations they both kind of need to shift because I don't like that Chris doesn't really give him a chance to yeah. explain. Um, Chris kind of is just like, this is what I've decided. This is what's happening. Like, deal with it. Yeah. And I think Tom has a real reason for not wanting to be down there and for being upset. Mm-hmm. Um, b- but there's not like a real conversation around it. So I feel like Chris Chris drops the ball there a little bit. Yeah, Chris doesn't. Yeah, I agree. Chris is more just like, well, I set this precedent. So that's the end of that. Right. He even makes it sound like I made you a project leader. Right. Like a project leader over Andy, like the shoe shiner. Yeah. Bro. You yeah. know, it kind of like I can understand Tom being upset, upset by that. Yeah. Um, and but I, I, also, see... I also. Oh, go ahead. I also want Tom to come with more with more information. Not mm. I work with young, attractive people like that's not going to get you anywhere. Like right. come, you ha- you have a valid thing going right. If you're unhappy down there, come with a valid I'm not going to be up there for three weeks, bro, because of this, 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 and this. You right. Know? That's so true. Yeah. So. I mean, I guess from a leader, like, ish perspective kind of thing, it could be difficult to, like, budge on things because, like, you wanted something to go a certain way and you want your team to, like, at least give it some time. And I guess it's been, mm-hmm. like, what, two days maybe, <laughs> if that? <laughs> two days because Ben and Leslie are new clothes. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, uh, it's it's tricky. But, yeah, if this was real life, I would hope that both of them would have, like, more information and, like, presenting a solution. Like, Tom should mm-hmm. hopefully come with a solution in mind kind of thing. Right. Well, and I, I would at least prefer for Chris to say, hey, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Give it to the end of the week. Oh, I don't yeah. feel like you've given it enough time. That's okay. Right? Instead you know, of, I'm I happy can't move about on this that. <laughs> right. Yeah, which is how it feels. Right. And if he was my boss, I'd be like, well, and I've been in this situation, right? Hey, get me off this team. I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's been like, sucks to suck. Peace out. Right. Like, you don't Ugh. feel, you don't feel heard right. or respected by your right. boss if that's just kind of how it's handled. So, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It is well, it is. I love, I love this line. I don't know if it's my favorite. I have two lines highlighted. Okay. But I love 
let your brain unlock the door to your heart's future. Oh. <laughs> Which sounds like absolute nonsense. But if you really think about it, it's true. Like a lot of times our hearts is, are guarding us one place mm-hmm. and our brain is rationalizing why we can't. Mm-hmm. So I really, I actually really love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I like it too. I really do. <laughs> it sounds like something that, that he, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say it sounded like something that would be like on the side of a tea thing, like when Andy says the lemonade yeah. thing. <laughs> yes. Oh. Saw that on a bottle mm-hmm. of lemonade once. <laughs> or yeah. can But of I one. think it applies to life. <laughs> yes. Like he doesn't know that saying already. <laughs> right. That's so good. Um, um, uh, what was I going to say? I like this got a jam. I love that. I like that too. Oh, yeah. Again, with it's like very, um, what's the word? Just like. I don't have time for you. Yeah. Yeah. Dismissive. Yep. Yeah. Got a jam. Bye. All right, so now we're back with Ben and Marlene and Leslie, if you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Marlene is, like, so smitten because of this new Ben. Obviously, we mm-hmm. are going to get there when we get there. She has a smile on her face. She's getting, like, so excited. Um, Leslie did too good a job, man. Oh, my God. She did too good a job. There is... Oh, my God. There is a blooper, and um, I have to play this. I'll play... Actually, I'll play it after we discuss the scene. How about that? Okay. Um, Because I recorded two of them, and I can't remember what each of them are, but they're both Leslie and Marlene, so we'll get there. Um, yeah. Okay. I wanted to briefly just uh, talk about Bill Watterson and Andrew Carnegie, which are two of the people that he mentions. I did not mm-hmm. know who either of those people were. Sorry. I only know, knew Bill. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I knew what Bill did, but I didn't. I didn't know his name. Oh, so fair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I didn't know who that was. But anyway, Andrew Carnegie. Um, to just go um in a little bit of a deep dive for who these people are was a Scottish American industrialist and philosopher who led the movement in the steel industry. Don't know why Marlene is into him, but okay. If he was a, he was just a. If he was a, um, like you know, if he was a revolutionary, then I, that would make sense. Yeah. You know? I can see that. Yeah. And then um, you can explain Bill Watterson if you wrote that down. Or no. I didn't, but I just knew he was, I think he's the, he's, I don't know if he did the illustrations too, but he wrote the Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. He uh, was an illustrator comics. for it too. Awesome. So he did both. That's, that's yeah. really all I knew about him. So I didn't okay. look him up. Okay. Please Well, I mean, I didn't proceed. really. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really look up like a ton of stuff. Um, I just looked up that it was in the 1980s slash 1990s. Um, also, it's funny because the reason I know Calvin and Hobbes, and this is awful, but not really. I mean, to my credit, it's not like I was born knowing that because I was, right. you know, what, zero years old <laughs> when it came Correct. out. But anyway, Calvin and Hobbes, I know because of the episode of Friends where Joey tells Rachel that he's falling in love with her and his shirt has a picture of Calvin and Hobbes doing it. Apparently they don't show the shirt, but like that's what they talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyway, so uh, apparently uh, this was one of the according to like legend and just like in general, most people and critics and everybody says that this was the last great newspaper cartoon of all time. Calvin and Hobbes. Um, cartooning such a skill, man. Like that's oh, yeah. intense and insane. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of pieces to it. Mm-hmm. But Marlene just really likes it. Um, and so I'm glad that he brought up the lobotomy line because that must have been a quote in, I didn't look it up and I'm sorry, but that must have been a quote that was in Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. I don't know why it applies here. Why are we talking about lobotomies? I don't. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, get it. I think he just likes to bring it up in the, you know, to try to get Marlene to like him. Yeah, but why is that the line we have to use? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's because she needs a lobotomy if she thinks if that he's going to give her ten school buses. That's how I'm going to well, rationalize fair. it, even though it's not okay. Very, 
It's I, super I nonsensical, it. but whatever. Yeah, it just has <laughs> nothing to do with the Andrew Connor Carnegie quote, which is what bothered me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Wait, did they say a quote from Carnegie? Yeah. Oh okay, I didn't even write that yeah, quote yeah. down. Um, well, yeah, I think it? that I Ben was just either. trying to fit in as many of those hundred things as possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even if it didn't make sense. But yeah, you're right. It's weird. Okay. So next I'm going to play this blooper. So basically there's a um, there's two. I don't I can't remember which one. But one of them has a ding in there because they are the it was in the bloopers. And whoever was doing like the voiceover for it was saying how many times Leslie was saying sorry and they put on the screen sorry o meter for how many times she just couldn't get through that's this. funny um so let's see I think that's all I need to set it up but I'll just play it and then if you have questions or if I think of anything I'll just uh tell you bother trying to outflank me because you will fail where did all of this confidence come from all of a sudden okay guys let's <laughs> it's just not possible and don't bother trying to outflank me because you will fail. Where did all this confidence come from all of a sudden? Okay, guys, let's <laughs> relax. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. For some unknown reason, Amy could not get this okay, line out. Okay. The line was simply, <clears throat> okay, guys, let's relax. From the top. Come on, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This scene is not about me. I have one line. I have one line. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know. Okay. You know. Okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Okay. No. It got so oh, bad shit. that the director came out to try and help. You know, it's getting annoying when they're like, you okay? Yeah. Everyone's like, you all right now? Because we got to go to lunch. <laughs> We're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he's but to like this. he couldn't help. That's my fault. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> Guys, let's relax. Hey. <laughs> okay, that was uh, Chris doing the blooper uh, or the banjo thing at the very end. But oh, that's oh my god, it's just so funny that I love seeing people have laughing spells. It's so oh, she yeah. just had the spirit take over. <laughs> yeah, seriously, you can tell though, like when you watch the episode, that she's like smiling when she says it oh really so okay I, yeah so it doesn't i never took it as like maybe she's breaking but like that she's just enjoying their banter yes it's kind of what it looks like so it's funny to know that it's probably because she literally couldn't keep her face straight yes and it was really funny to watch marlene in the background too because marlene was kind of just like 
what's going on. Like she did, she wasn't really <laughs> laughing as much as Adam starts laughing with Amy Poehler, and well, they start it's, obviously it's contagious. Yeah, but yeah. Pamela, it was not. It didn't seem contagious to her. She was just like, okay, every what? <laughs> she, I mean, she well, seemed good spirited, but she was like, uh. <laughs> her background is less comedy, though, right? It's more like oh, drama. I don't know. I'm not sure. I thought I thought it was from what we've discussed oh, yeah. maybe, in the past. Right. I could be wrong, but anyway. So I thought that was funny. And then on the DVD thing, it said that it took 23 minutes for them to get that line. Holy out. nuts! <laughs> Holy nuts! For a two-second line. Yes. I love how she says the scene isn't even about me. I know, right? <laughs> Our literal line is okay, guys. Let's relax. The end. Yeah. The end. <laughs> and scene. Okay, and then I'm not sure what this one is, if I'm completely honest with you, but I titled it More Amy and Marlene, so let's just see. Cool. My mom wants to fuck Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Is that weird? (laughs) That was just the blooper. (laughs) I totally forgot what that was. Oh, Oh my my gosh. gosh. Yeah, so neither of us are prepared for that, and I hope the audience (laughs) thought that was as funny as we did because we had no idea what was coming. funny oh my god my mom wants to fuck ben Ben. (laughs) oh my god speaking of which this is the point when leslie has this talking head of them really hitting it off and like you said this is some of her best work and behind her marlene is rubbing ben's knee (laughs) oh god then ben gets like super awkward um just terrible um with marlene giving like a wink saying like we can compromise it might get rough but that can be fun oh yikes yeah that that line makes me uncomfy Uh, i love that um acting by adam scott in that scene but particularly when they're walking down the hall and leslie's just like going off ranting like that went so well next we should do this and this and ben has Mm -hmm. this look of like craziness what the hell is going on kind of thing Oof. yeah and she says go over to her house oh my god that's right why? All right. So now we have another lady joining Ethel, uh, who is Muriel in this episode. Uh, they're complimenting Andy and April, saying they're super cute. And I'm good. I'm going to do a super little deep dive on uh, Muriel as well. Her name is Vivian Smallwood, and sadly, she also passed away. She passed away in 2017, and she Aww. was 84 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, she did a great job. I like to think of Ethel and Muriel up in Parks and Rec Heaven just having a blast. Um, (laughs) And they were so good together. I loved them together. Um, But Vivian Smallwood was in How I Met Your Mother, Everybody Hates Chris. Apparently, she's credited as the rapping granny in America's Got Talent. So I don't know if she was on America's Got Talent rapping or if it was like a sketch or I don't know what it was. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, she was also in Six Feet Under and more, uh, more things, but she, uh, she didn't have as much of a bio on IMDb as, um, Helen, who played, uh, uh, Ethel, but I did find that her son was a studio musician for Prince, which is super cool, and her other son is also a musician, so. Very cool. And online it says that she has 15 grandchildren and nine great-grandchildren, like, wow. So that she probably insane. has lots of, or her kids probably have lots of cousins once removed, whatever the Yes, hell. <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> so rest in peace, Muriel and Ethel. We love you so much. Thank you for your services. Yes, it was beautiful. And the flirting. Oh my God, great. they're basically flirting with them. It's so cute. Um, Which shows and- you that it wasn't like that they're not interested in flirting. It's that they don't want to flirt with Tom. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that's true. 
Um, and then Ethel is like dropping the folder on purpose because uh, Tom asks her. And it seemed Tom slash Aziz kind of looked like he was almost about to break when he was like, stop laughing. Because <laughs> he was smiling too. Yeah. All right. Well, now I'm at where Leslie is saying that Ben should give her mom a McSteamy music box, which is so cute, honestly. Um, but also, wow. Like, don't you think you're like, that's a little too far for yeah. Ben to give. <laughs> I would Sorry. feel weird. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. And because of this weirdness, Ben can't take it anymore, obviously. He, he just comes clean and says that Marlene made a pass at him. And mm-hmm. Leslie's like, oh, my God, that's the probably the worst thing that could have happened. <laughs> that's when she, she not says the bubble. Like the, or another part when she says the bubble. Like, that's the top mm-hmm. of the list of something that would break the bubble is your mom hitting on your new person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> so... Now we're at where Jerry is leading a meeting. He can't speak correctly. He says pork instead of park. And Ron's like, oh, God. And he goes off with it. I'd have never listened to the background before. But like he then goes on to say that there's a really good pork sandwich in the the cafeteria today. (laughs) Like, that wasn't a mistake. I totally meant to say that. Or maybe that's what I was thinking about. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Oh, yeah. So. (sighs) So Ron finally sees like this is not what this should be and he tries talking to Chris and you know this just again as we've been saying a hundred times Chris still has no idea how this office kind of runs and who his people are and it was Mm. really lovely to see Ron as this actual boss figure showing he knows his employees he knows their strengths and like what they're capable of um I love this next metaphor that Ron uses though like the visual of shining a light on Jerry and he shrinks faster than an Eskimo scrotum (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh so poetic yeah Oh, so poetic. Yeah. He's it's it's so great here because like you're saying, like Ron is we we see him as someone who does not care mm-hmm. at all, you know, mm-hmm. and he's putting work in so that his employees are more comfortable. He's doing it for them. I mean, he's yeah. also like in the end, that's what we really find out because he has to continue to suffer. But um, it's just it's really nice to see this side of him and give him that. It's kind of like how they have to find points in for Michael mm-hmm. in the office for redeeming qualities for why he has his job. Yes. And I don't think we need redeeming moral qualities for Ron like we did for Michael, but it's it's the work, you know, redeeming qualities. And that's what Definitely. I feel like this is. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like we've talked about before where like he's one of the characters that like if he was in real life, the way that he approaches his work, this would be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so to show that he has this humanity and he has this soft side. It's it's a very good arc, I think, also for him, too. Um, so, yeah, I really loved seeing it. It was super lovely. Yeah. Not and, only a soft side, but an understanding of the people he works with, too. Right. Like, he is paying attention because yeah. he knows this stuff. Right. So That's I love his true. line, you know who April hates? Everyone. <laughs> yes, me, too. And <laughs> so I good. think, I mean, to your point earlier, I mean, it's very, very wonderful to see Ron do this without Leslie pushing him to be like, this is what's better for the yeah. office. Ron does she's, it. Of she's not here. Yeah. She's not here to handle it. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's alone to deal yeah. with this today. So totally. Um, and then you see even more of the understanding slash this is, I guess, where maybe the soft side comes in, not the understanding part, but both of him having to make this compromise and how mm-hmm. painful it is for him to do that. Because, Chris, again, I, I don't know. I don't know that I've seen this part of Chris before, because usually Chris is like, yeah, we can do that. And then Ben's the one that lays down the law. But Chris is the one mm-hmm. in this episode saying, I can't budge on that. I can't do it's that. Like he, it's like he's having to balance himself out now, too. Yeah. Because they're very- not the duo anymore. 
Yeah, it's really interesting to have this like um, side of Chris that we haven't seen before, I feel. And yeah. it's setting us up for what's going to happen when he finds out about Ben and Leslie, I think. Mm-hmm. I want to know why he can't roll over on this. Why is this yeah. so important to you, Chris? And if That's it's to true. show that you're in charge, okay. Like, but like sit down and let's discuss how you can make changes that are going to be beneficial mm. because, you know, yeah, like it also seems like because we, we learned that the compromise is Ron has to stay at, mm-hmm. at his circle desk. Mm-hmm. Right. And everybody else gets to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. But why is that the compromise for you? Mm. That Ron is the one that has to be at the circle desk. I think it's because Ron's talking to to him about it. You know what I mean? Like Ron has to be the one to take the fall. You know, like he's the one that's leading the battle. So no one else can do this because he's the leader. He's the captain, you know? Yeah. It's just interesting that that's what he, yeah. But it's interesting that I think for me, that decision was more showing Ron's side of, I will take the sword for my team. Right. And I, it was harder for me to equate. Why is this comp? What does Chris get out of this compromise? Mm. More yeah. is kind of what I'm thinking. It about. sounds like to me, I'm imagining like a war where like the two captains come to a compromise, <laughs> and they're the ones yeah. that ha- like that have to do the the bad shit, you know. And mm-hmm. the soldiers can just like go back to the way that they were, kind of thing. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. It made sense to me, but yeah, I could see how that would be confusing in other regards. Yeah. So um, it's cool how it and it pans out though, because I do like seeing this this part of Ron. Me too. So Leslie's now back in her office and they're talking about Marlene hitting on Ben. Did you see the Verners, Vernons or whatever the hell vending machine behind her? No. It took me back to olden times when we yes. did the breakdown on the ginger ales. Yes, um, I love it. But yeah, it's bright. It's like super easy right front and center and behind the window. It's really cu- cute, hmm. I feel. That's cool. Um, yeah. I love this commentary, like flipping the gender norm, basically, of like, yeah. I have to ask this, but like... Were you asking for it? What were you wearing? <laughs> I love it. it. They're so good yeah. at that. Yeah, that's good. Um, um, the, go then we go off the deep end again here. Like mm-hmm. we're going to announce sexual harassment and then you're going to go to Mexico for a couple weeks. <laughs> right? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so I funny. Can't. And then that's She's what like prompts the him. Bunny. Yep, she is. That's what she is. Which is what Ben says in the camping episode. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, then Ben shows what he did last week too, where he's like, he's just like, fuck it. I don't care. And I guess I never noticed that his tenacity, like, um, you know, kind of ladders, if you will. I don't know how to, Mm. um, say that, but basically like, I didn't realize that like it, he was so tenacious in these last couple episodes and that it just keeps building up and up and up, um, until he's like, okay, whatever. I love her. Let's do this. Like this. And what was interesting for me, maybe this is too intellectual, but like, it's almost like his, he, um, he re, uh, calibrates his meanness for the town into meanness on behalf of the town. Does that make sense? Mm. Like he's taking his tenacity and his anger and all these like weird things and like channeling it to something good. I don't know. That's just how I saw it. But yeah, maybe that's, that's just interesting. <laughs> and it's interesting, too, that Leslie is like the one that's more nervous slash not stepping up as much because I, I, I did have this weird thought. And maybe this is like just again, whatever. This is just my opinion. But I almost feel like Leslie loves her job more than um, Ben loves his job. And Leslie. Doesn't, oh, yep want to ruin that for whatever cause and it I think that's where it becomes when Leslie does finally like spoiler alert but when Leslie does finally like say fuck it kind of thing 
um, she, it's just this, that's why I think it takes so long for her because it's just this struggle of like, which is more important to me and can mm. I have both and how do I have both? Because right now my job is more important than literally anything else. Like I yeah. love people, but my job is the thing that I love the most. And so it was really interesting to think about that because I, I didn't understand for a really long time why it took Leslie so freaking long but now I get it because like Ben doesn't love his job as much as Leslie loves hers, I feel. No. And you notice that she says that. I, I really I really like my job. No, but I really like Ben. No, but I really like my job. We never hear Ben do that. Yeah. I think Ben's in this and Ben's um, what's holding him back really is mm-hmm. I think more so the relationship with Chris. That's really what I think it is. I don't think he's making this choice because I'm I'm worried about losing my job. Like he can go out and do other stuff. This is this is Leslie's passion. Mm-hmm. This is not Ben's passion. Mm. Ben can go out and find jobs other places like we'll see later. That's true. Right? But I think for him, it's I've got this person and I don't want to let him down. And I don't want to mm. betray his trust because he's been a constant for me. Mm. I never and I, thought that's, of that. That's kind of where I see, see Ben coming from. Mm. Um so, but and now he's getting the, to that point where he's just like, fuck everything. I don't yeah, care, so. he really is. Well, and I think it's, it's kind of, I understand Ben to a point here too, when he gets frustrated with Leslie in the beginning and she says it's our bubble. Mm-hmm. While I totally 100% understand the bubble piece of it. There's also this piece where she says, I don't want anything to come in here and ruin this until we know that it's real. And I think for Ben, he's like, I know it's fucking real. Mm. Like, I know it's real. And I think we as an audience know it's real. Because she's willing to take the risk. Yeah. But for her, I think the the loss of her job is still weighing so heavy on her that it's not, it's, she can't acknowledge that it's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I was totally feeling Leslie when she said, I, I, th- I do that all the time. I think we all do that where we're just like, but mm-hmm. I don't want to fuck anything up but, or like tell anybody about this because I don't know if it's real. Yeah. Yet, you know? Yeah. So that's interesting. It's a, it's a defense mechanism, 100%. Yeah. Also, I never realized that Leslie's office is so close to her mom's. I think about that every time I watch this episode where he runs over. Yeah, I think it's not. Because <laughs> I he think literally it's a cut just thing. walks over. And yeah, I but I don't think I'm- it is. Otherwise, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I always imagine Marlene on a different floor. Yeah. Um, Because her office is so much nicer, too. I don't know. You know, I don't know. But because I was still trying to understand the layout of the office when I watched this, I was mm. like, how, um, how Leslie, remember how I said like Leslie hid Jerry's painting in what looked like a little room on the corner? Like she, Ben walks through that and it opens into the hallway. So maybe it's not, maybe it's not a little room. Maybe it is a hallway. I don't yeah. know. But either way, it doesn't matter. But it was just really funny to me to see how quickly he got to her office. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was interesting. It could it could very well be. I'd be interested. I'm not finding anything Googling what the floor plan is of the entire building. I know. So that'd be great. That's not helpful. That'd be, well, I'd love that. Anyway, so Ben is like, listen, we're dating. I'm. You're not going to tell anybody because it's your daughter. Like, this is this. Okay? Sorry you didn't know that before you hit on me. Goodbye. Why is and she laughing? I know. I wrote that too. I was like, that was an embarrassment laugh, right? But I also think it's a mixture of both. She recovers quickly, which is the important thing and the powerful thing um, mm-hmm. coming to the agreement. But I think a laugh, it that laugh to me, as I thought about it a tiny bit more, is because it's like a power move because she's mm. like... I don't fucking care. I just hit on yeah. you because I hit on everybody that I think is hot. Like, shut up. And yeah. also, 
I'm kind of embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the way that I got it. <laughs> I love it. But I'm again, the key is how she recovered, which was so powerful and so like I'm the leader because she was like, okay, I want this many school buses. And then they compromise and they're like, okay, it's done. And then she's yeah. like, I like this one. Yes, I love that. It's like Leslie's getting like permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and even though her mom knows it's against the rules, it's like she's on board with it. And it's like, you know, and I don't know about you, but like when my mom agrees with something I do or is like, I really like this person for you or I really like, you know, that, that this is where your life is. Like there's just a validation in my heart for mm, it. That's nice. You know, mm-hmm. so it's cool. I like that Amy says, um, or Leslie says, you keep your hands off him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then uh, we're at Andy coming in talking about Margaret's pecan squares. And again, we're talking about his perspective on things and how he's just grateful because he has a kick-ass wife. His band is so good. (laughs) Yeah. And then the lemonade thing comes on. um, Or not comes on, but you know what I mean? He says the lemonade line. Um, And then Tom doesn't want to make lemonade. He wants to slice lemons into wedges and throw them into vodka tonics. And he wants to own his own nightclub with Tay Diggs and two of the pussycat dolls. (laughs) Yes. Oh, gosh. He doesn't specify which ones, which is great. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I really like this for Tom. Me he's too. realizing that he's not moving up like he wanted to. So let's think, what's my next move? He's not going to sit still here anymore. And I, right. I like this character growth for him. So. Yeah. And I love the HoosierCareers.com. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. That's great. Looks super it, outdated. Again, it's very... Sp- yeah, but also very specific because it goes with the HoosierMate.com kind of thing yeah. where I'm just yeah, like, very, cool. so it's only Indiana that you guys are looking for. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, which is interesting. So, yeah. Because you'd think like with everything he wants to do, he might go to LA or New York. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's um, almost like he's not dreaming too big where he can fail. Maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, but either way, I, I love this um, moment because it leads to our, you know, next episode when we're going to yeah. get into Entertainment 720 and all those things. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Um, yeah. So now we're back to Ron where everything's normal except for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he took one for the team, which, again, was very special. I love that whole like citizen request, citizen request, swivel, swivel, swivel. swivel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That guy has a weird walk and a weird posture. Nothing really? against uh, nothing against the actor, but it, it was just very interesting. It felt very awkward for me. Oh, I don't even notice. <laughs> um, so now Andy's getting his shoe shined by a new shoe shine guy. He's so smug. I love this for Andy so yeah. much that Andy is feeling this trajectory of like I've come so far. I'm so much better than this guy. This guy was so precious. Like, wow, you're really good. Like so proud. Yeah, starstruck. Yes, I love it. Love that hierarchy change. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy's name is Jeff Sloniker, or maybe it's Sloniker. I'm not sure. So sorry, Jeff. But Jeff has been in Key and Peel, a bunch of UCB things, Silicon Valley, something called AOK, which is like a lot of sketches and animations and comedy mm-hmm. uh, shorts okay. and things like that. Huge improv dude, which was awesome and, you know, makes sense. Uh, the last thing, <laughs> what's that? Appropriate. Appropriate. For yes. this, yeah. The last thing on IMDb was in 2016, so I'm not sure what's going on. However, I did message him, and his agents are in touch with me, so perhaps he's like me and just hasn't booked, like, something that would go on IMDb, but is still probably, like, 
doing things around town and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But so I hope that he gets back to me and sends me some voice memos. I sent the question. So hopefully we'll have that as a recap for uh, for the next episode. Um, I feel like, oh, the the part where he calls uh, the new guy a moron and like yeah. hands, him, <laughs> hands him a tip. <laughs> I love that. And I love I, that so- like literally, like you said, it was like two days ago and now he feels holier than now. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Andy, this is my thought though. He says, when I get back in a couple weeks, right? I don't want my regular customers to be gone. So Tom's not downstairs, not upstairs anymore. So is Andy doing this by himself now is my question. Or maybe did Jerry get sent upstairs to do it with him now? What do you mean? Um, Because he says, because everything goes back to normal, right? Tom's coming back downstairs, but Andy is still not coming back to shoes for three weeks. Oh, that's a great question. So I'm intrigued to know if... Because Andy had a positive attitude, Chris was like, sure, you can keep you doing can that, there. you know? That's yeah. actually really fascinating. Maybe they meant to put that in the middle of the episode before everything went back to normal. I didn't even think about that. Mm. But it just yeah. was perfect for a tag. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But, yep. I see All a future right. for Andy, though. I'm getting really excited because he gets to move up in the world, too. And I mm. think that's great. Because he Definitely. does. He works really hard. He, he puts his full self into everything he does mm-hmm. that's very true mm-hmm. sweet perfect little well-intentioned andy yeah um Cutie. all right you guys well that was the bubble super exciting yeah. um our very exciting episode so next time that we talk we will have little sebastian and we already did a super huge breakdown on him so i feel like we won't have to you know go too super deep with it but it will still be nice to revisit him love it yeah what an so episode, much. though. And season finale. Yeah, and season finale. Uh, crazy. So very exciting. Oh, this is my dream. I was going to tell you my dream um, really fast. Um, so I had a dream. I think it was. It might have literally been last night. It was either last night or Saturday night. Um, I mean, Friday night. Last night no. was Saturday night. <laughs> last night was Friday night. So I don't know. Whatever. It no, was last recent. night was Saturday night. <laughs> oh, no, wait. It's Saturday. It's oh, my Saturday. gosh. I think it's Sunday. Is that weird? <laughs> Okay, I'm so sorry. I worked from home yesterday and it's it's fucking me up. All right. It's all good. Okay, the dream. Um, I had a dream that we got Alan Yang on the podcast. (gasps) And then at the end, I think I was recording somebody else too. Um, I don't know if they were on the call with me. I can't remember. But I had a dream that I got Alan Yang and I didn't press record (gasps) on Zoom. And And I had to lie to him and say that Zoom fucked everything up. So I don't have another recording because um, I was like, I can't tell him that I didn't press record. That would make me look so idiotic. So I have to blame it on Zoom. And I was like, oh, my God, I I just oh, my God. When I woke up thinking about it, I was like, oh, my God, what an anxiety. That is a nightmare. Nightmare dream. Uh, Because in the dream, he too, he was like, oh, well, unfortunately, I can't really redo another one right now. But and I was like. Oh fuck! <laughs> and then, it, like the way that he, the way that the dream was, it was like I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it again. But like you know, and then so I think I ended it by saying, "Well, let me know if you ever have a free time, or I'll follow up in X, Y, or Z moment." And it was just like the worst thing ever. So I definitely have been thinking about that every time I re- like record now. Oh my gosh, we're we're recording. So yeah, we're good. recording both. <laughs> Uh, on all the things zoom is recording because when guests do it we use zoom so if i forget to click a record for zoom and i think one time i can't remember who it was but one time i did forget to click record like 
immediately, but mm-hmm. like we didn't miss anything because we were just like catching up. It was at the beginning, so it's fine. Yeah. But now that's why I, I click record our I mean I've done after that I did it, but now even more so I will be clicking record You're be very careful. even before I start. Even if the recording is eight thousand minutes and I have to wait for people to log on, I don't care. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. That's stressful. Yes. What so. a dream. Ugh. Woof. Anyway, um, for those of you who oh. care, we are also now on YouTube. Um, I yeah. uploaded everything to YouTube. Uh, and by everything, I uploaded our last episode because it's going to take 100 years to upload everything to um, if I were to do every single episode. So maybe one day I'll have all of them on there. But for now, I'm just going to put from last episode up until you know, in the future, uh, those, uh, all of the episodes on YouTube. So we'll see. And then, um, yeah, if there's anything else, please don't forget to rate and review five stars on Apple podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, but that really helps us. So hopefully you can share this episode as well. Yeah. And thank you for listening and we'll see you for the season finale yes, next okay. time. We'll see you for little Sebastian. Have a good week, everyone, or a good weekend, I guess, technically, if it comes out on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. There's a Parkinson Pals and there's also therapy too.